Hey everybody, what's going on? This is your man L. Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. Today will be a word on the street segment. I plan to come back later on tonight to go over some college basketball and some of the NBA as well. Uh, but we're going to get into a coronavirus update today. Uh, and we're also going to get into some uh Get into some Super Tuesday and my thoughts on what happened there. And then we have a couple tidbits after that I wanted to brush over for a little bit. Uh, but let's get right into it, of course, with this coronavirus update. Uh, this is as... Uh, this is as I would say as immediate, well, this is as current as Friday. I, uh, I have here 12 confirmed deaths and 225 confirmed cases. Uh, there's also three cases in the SF Bay Area, uh, including San Francisco, Berkeley, uh, and also Oakland, uh, where there was an elementary school shut down. There's also a confirmed case in Contra Costa County as well. Uh, no shutdowns coming from Contra Costa County, but they are warning people to uh, stay indoors if they can, uh, remain away from large crowds and gatherings, and you know big public places uh that has been the national norm of warning as well uh, a couple concerts and a couple you know large events had to be canceled south by southwest more notably uh so again there it's mostly some you know mostly warnings uh there's a lot of warnings of course uh all over the news you know just to kind of you know, stay safe, you know, make sure you're washing your hands, so on and so forth. I've already told you guys, you know, take your vitamins, say your prayers, and don't, uh, don't be, don't be racist about it. But of course, you know, there's a little bit of that, you know, ignorance going on, but of course that happens. But again, um, Let's get back to the topic at hand. Like I said, 12 confirmed deaths, 225 confirmed cases. The majority of them uh, are in Washington. 27 of these cases have been confirmed, including one uh, as recent. Well, yes, as recently as last week uh, for them, uh, and it was an XFL. Uh, concession stands works one of the uh, concession stand workers for the xfl uh, exposing people possibly uh, possibly exposing up to twenty thousand people who were in attendance at that game so again uh it's it's a real threat um i think uh the media is i don't know if they're overhyping i don't think that that's the word i want to say here uh but there's only 12 deaths and 225 confirmed cases uh you still have the majority of people in this country dying from the flu that's that's just what it's going to be. Uh, as of now, this has not been labeled in uh, a pandemic by the World Health Organization, uh, but it does throw you off because you get a quote from uh, Dr. Anthony Favor, who was, a rector, who was the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, telling you something like this. We're dealing with clearly an emerging infectious disease that has now reached outbreak proportions. If you look at it, if you know by uh, multiple definitions of what a pandemic is, the fact is this is multiple sustained transmissions of a highly infectious uh, agent in multiple regions of the globe. So again, you get a little bit of a different story. Uh, it seems to be that it it hasn't. Well, the World Health Organization hasn't labeled it that pandemic yet, uh, but it's definitely on the rise. And if things do not change within maybe a week or so, maybe it could re finally reach that status. So, uh, again, the numbers don't lie. The majority of this 
country, the people here are dying from the flu. There's been over a thousand deaths by the flu. Uh, there's only 12 deaths confirmed and two, 225 confirmed cases. So people have lived from this. People can uh, get by this. Uh, and there's the cold part is the testing that they have right now for this virus isn't 100%. So they don't know uh, exactly if somebody has had it. They don't know how long they've had it. And in some cases, uh, tests are coming back negative or a double. You know how, you know, all those work uh and again since a lot of those symptoms are similar to your common flu or maybe to a cold it's easy to misinterpret uh maybe get another misdiagnosis there as well so again uh there's a lot of stuff to take into uh, i would again if you're showing any type of those symptoms i i would you know definitely um go to a doctor just to kind of make you know 100 percent sure uh, but again, I think in terms of the prevention, of course, the washing of the hands, maybe uh, taking some more multivitamins uh, for certain people's cases, if they might have an, uh, an acquired immune, well, a compromised immune system or somebody who is 65 or older, uh, that is who they're saying that are primarily the, the biggest uh, people, well, the, the main demographics that are succumbing to this. Uh, if you already have pre- uh, you know, a pre-existing pre-existing condition that may affect your immune system. Now is a good time to probably find that out, because uh, again, this could make that this could uh, exacerbate that. Um, so I think again, uh, there's also and it's still spreading. Uh, there has been some international cases confirmed in uh, in South Korea and also Iran. As far as this country is concerned, I think it's spreading out to I think the you know any large populous state. Of course, it's in all the uh, it's in Washington right now, on uh, the Seattle area. I think it's in Texas uh, and some of those places as well. Maybe even uh, I believe uh, Washington D.C. may I think has one case as well. Uh, with that being said, uh, there are researchers in Seattle developing a vaccine for the coronavirus. A clinical trial will also be held next month. That will be April, and uh, pretty much people will be paid for this. It's like a thousand dollars for like 10 months of work, uh, 10 months of tests and all that. Uh, but as far as the vaccine is concerned, uh, this vaccine is going to be different from the norm. This will not use a dead or weakened version of the virus, uh, but a form of genetic material uh, called messenger RNA, which helps produce proteins. These proteins, which will be uh, which will produce uh, on the actual cells of the virus, uh, they will pretty much prompt the body to produce antibodies uh this and this is all in theory uh they will prompt the bodies to produce antibodies uh antibodies to eliminate the virus and also the proteins that attach themselves to the virus uh and they eventually the virus and uh the extra proteins so on and so forth uh will be flushed out the system that is all in theory of course that we will all find what well, we will find out more about this during the trend of the clinical trials uh, next month. Uh, so again, and then also on top of that, with that being said, uh, there's no guarantee that this is going to be the vaccine itself is even going to be affordable uh, to you and I. So again, that's that's what we're dealing with. Uh, the coronavirus is on the rise. Uh, the cold is still a big factor too. I'd say keep your hands washed. Uh, be careful out there. And again don't be close-minded don't don't be ignorant about it you know it's it's a it's a very serious situation that we all have to deal with and, and that's just the way that it is with large populations uh people who travel uh there's few you know you know one of the main sources that they're saying that the virus can be found is on money is on 
paper currency. So, you know, you can't you can't fight that. You just got to be, uh, you know, cognizant about what you're doing and making sure you you have some good hygiene. All right, y'all, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to be breaking down Super Tuesday. Uh, Biden and Sanders are headed at it are getting at it uh, for the uh, Democratic nomination. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, exactly what happened and uh, what is to what is to come from all this. All right, y'all. And I'll be right back. All right, y'all, I am back. Uh, let's talk about uh, Super Tuesday. Of course, we had that earlier this week. Uh, and it was a chance for Democrats to pretty much, well, uh, have a better understanding of who uh, their nominee is going to be. Uh, it looks as though Mr. Joe Biden has decided to make a uh, rambunctious comeback. Uh, he is now uh, the leader in terms of delegates and states. One, I believe, uh, he was able to pull up 10 states uh, on uh, Tuesday compared to Sanders' four, uh, Bernie Sanders' four. Uh, he uh, was also, like I said, he also got more delegates. Uh, let's take a look at the delegate count right now. Um, Biden currently sits at 566 delegates. I believe we're going to need about uh, 1,400 of them to win the nomination. Uh, Sanders is currently standing at 501. Uh, you have Warren, who's still in the mix with 61. And uh, Gabbard, I don't know how long she's going to be in there. I, she just has the one. She's probably going to drop out pretty soon already if she hasn't. Uh, three candidates that have dropped out since Tuesday uh, will be uh, former New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg. He was able to get 53 delegates, which he will be giving up to Biden. Yeah, that's just how it is. Uh, former uh, South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, uh, he had 26 uh, delegates, and also Minnesota Mayor, uh, Minnesota uh, Senator Amy uh, Klobuchar, she was able to get a uh, rack up seven. Uh, so those three are all out of the race. Of course, it's pretty much just a two-man race now between Sanders and Biden. Uh, it's, in terms of the states that each of them won, uh, Biden was able to pick up Alabama, and he pretty much swept the South, if I'm not mistaken. He was able to also pick up Arkansas. Uh, he also picked up North Carolina. He also picked up uh, Tennessee, Texas, Oklahoma. Uh, as far as Sanders would go, oh, uh, Biden would also would also pick up Virginia as well. For Sanders, uh, he would pick up, um, let's see, Utah. California, which was a big state. That was a huge win, and we'll break down California in just a second. Uh, he also won uh, Colorado, uh, and he also won Vermont, his home state. Uh, as far as the other states that uh, Biden, uh, sorry, yes, Biden was able to pick up, uh, he was able to pick up Maine, Massachusetts, uh, Minnesota, also, like I said, Oklahoma. Uh, he also picked up, oh, yeah, he got, uh, yeah, those are the rest of them right there. So, uh, pretty much a big day for Joe Biden. He was able to get himself back in the race uh one of the big factors behind that oh let's break down california real quick before we get to one of the, the biggest factors behind joe biden as far as california turned out uh bernie sanders won this state um uh, was a little bit surprised because in 2016 uh you know it was like a it was a kind of a situation where everybody social media wise was feeling bernie and all that uh but then we finally get to the actual day of the uh, the election and it seemed and it seemed that uh hillary had won by a very large margin in california so i was very surprised to see that he was able to take california this time around uh this time by a significant margin he, he uh, himself uh picking up over a million votes so that would be 
33.8% of the Cal of California. He also will pick up 135 delegates as well. A really strong showing from him in this state, of course. I think we I think California uh, is the people, not the not the actual you know government and the actual people involved in that and you know the corporations, but the actual people who vote and all that. Uh, they team they seem to be fairly liberal and uh, they they seem to be digging Bernie a lot. Uh, Biden uh, he comes off at least to me. I don't know what to make of that guy, but he came in second, of course, in California, picking up 25% of the vote. Uh, he, was able to, he was able to pick up some delegates here as well, uh, 83 of them to be exact. Uh, Mike Bloomberg uh, did not, uh, well, I mean, he finished third with 14.1% of the vote, uh, picking up 44,000 votes. And then, of course, you had Warren and Buttigieg bringing up the, the ladder. Uh, you know, I think if I'm Warren... I would give it a little bit longer, but I think California was a good, uh, you know, for me, in my opinion, was a good, I mean, she did pick up a delegate and I think that's why she might be, you know, probably still in the mix, but on her end. But I think when, when Michael Bloomberg, who hasn't been in the, you know, the running, you know, he just popped up out of nowhere, just showed up out of nowhere for just for like a month or so and just started just, you know putting out commercials if he was able to get 14 percent of the vote in california uh beating out you for third place then i think it's a sign that you know you don't i don't think you're you have the juice right now that's just my opinion about warren uh she had some really good um concepts i think she will be a really good running running mate to one of these guys but uh i don't think this is her 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 calling right now uh but as far as the broken uh the voting was broken down between the, the major counties that being los angeles uh we have san diego as well as Orange County uh, of course Sanders will be uh, pretty much the leader in all three of these major counties um, he will take away uh, well he would have 329 votes coming from Los Angeles another 80,000 votes coming from uh, San Diego and Orange County respectively uh, Biden was right behind him uh, and pretty much all the all the precincts reported well at least in San Diego and Orange County 71% uh, of uh, Los Angeles reported in but it was a good take on where everybody stood uh, again you had warren uh doing better than blueburn in la la county uh but again in, in uh orange county in san diego uh she uh, uh he would outperform her and um biden uh he remained relatively in the mix as well in all the major counties uh but let's move on to part of the push that um you know put biden over the top in the in terms of the overall uh big picture uh we're going to talk about um well the black vote uh now the black vote uh, vote showed up and showed out to be proud for mr joe biden uh he had a very beautiful a very brutal february uh but black Black voters, especially throughout the South, uh, over the past week, have really put him back on the map. Again, uh, these are highlight. We're highlighting his wins in South Carolina uh, last weekend, and also again he racked up Virginia, North Carolina, Alabama, and Tennessee this week. Uh, states with very large African American populations. Uh, like I said, he's now in that tight race with Bernie Sa uh, Sanders. Uh, Sanders was able to uh, win Iowa, New Hampshire earlier uh, in the year. He also won Nevada as well. So again, he's getting some of the western and some of the northern states kind of and you know he, again he got swept back east in terms of massachusetts and uh, uh in maine i would have thought he would have picked up those it'll be interesting to see what happens with new york new york may lean towards bernie and that 
may keep this very interesting. I'm, I think that's Bernie's last hope will probably be New York. If he can get New York, uh, that's a very big populous state. Uh, there's a lot of delegates there. If he can get New York, we might be talking about a different uh, ball game. But I don't think New York comes up until the summer. Uh, you can't win a Democratic nomination without winning the South, and you can't win the South without winning the Black vote, and you can't win the Black vote without winning the Black women's vote. This, this is a quote coming from uh, Melanie Campbell, the president and CEO of the National Coalition of Black civic participation uh we be, we believe uh all roads to the right house must come through the south i'm just going to say that right here and again democrats black democrats that's who's running y'all y'all can say what you want i think the black vote should come through the black household the black community first i don't think you know hey yeah i don't i don't know if i buy that one there um you know i don't i i think that you know completely says oh well we had you know forget the whole male populace we have i think that's a very understated statement i don't think she did her you know complete homework on that one um and you know but she's right in the sense that you know black voters in the south did show up for biden why they are pushing biden i don't know um, I'm going to get to why I'm really not, I, I myself, well, I, I'm, I, like I said before, I am really iffy on him, but I, I, I don't know why there's this big push for, uh, Biden, uh, from the black voters, especially when I got some information for you guys. So especially for you woke people that are really into, you know, the, the, the justice and the, you know, the application of laws and especially, you know, prison reform. I got something for y'all that I'm, that I'm holding, but I think you guys know about some of it already in Alabama where African and more, uh, Americans are the majority of the democratic party, uh, pretty much who make up their voting base and, uh, their delegates, uh, roughly, uh, seven in 10 support the former vice president. Want to know what's funny? Obama hasn't endorsed him yet. While majority of black, uh, both black men and uh, women supported Biden, uh, actually Biden does well amongst the younger black folks. I think because we kind of understand that Biden is full of shit. Yes, I'm gonna get to why in just a second. That's why I don't know why y'all trying to, you know. But that again, that's the South. <sighs> you know, uh, again we have primaries uh, next week which will be in Michigan and Mississippi. Uh, these are also two places with large black population. Of course, we know about Detroit, uh, Michigan's largest city, which is 78% uh, percent black. So again, uh, there's a chance for him to do well there. Again, I think it's a Southern thing. Uh, for whatever reason, the South is on his line. I don't know about what goes on up North per se. Uh, I think I think they might lean Bernie in Michigan. Again, that's another state where, you know, it could be a little bit different. I think that the mindsets are a little bit different. Uh, again, uh, part of the reason why Sanders couldn't win in 2016 was, was well, because he couldn't get uh, enough support from black voters in the South. Uh, now, he's been trying to build those relationships. But again, it looks like Biden has all those people in his pocket. Uh, one of the uh, one of the more established uh, black representatives, that being Jim Clyburn of South Carolina. Uh, he's the highest ranking member, highest ranking black member of Congress. He supports uh, your boy Biden. So, again, it seems to me that, you know, Biden is doing all the schmoozing and schnozzing. I don't think he has too much behind him, in my opinion, about his politics. And I think black people are going to be a little bit disappointed, especially what I got for you guys today. Um, and pretty much Bernie has been trying to tell us that he's part of the elites, party's elite establishment, which is true. Um, again, I, 
and for whatever reason, uh, blacks in the South are riding with the uh, elite, the pre-established whoever we have here. And I and I do not like it. Um, I think we need to start, um, you know, I think we need might need a clear house to some of these black folk here because uh, I think they're again, I, I think we're uh, on a slow track here because, again, I, I got some information for you guys. Um, let's let's yeah, let's let's get to this information that I really wanted to get into, talk about a little bit and see how my people felt. Um, you know, there's this whole big movement among black voters uh, that, you know, and I saw it kind of in the beginning. Uh, they will call uh, Joe, Uncle Joe. He'd be like, oh, he's invited to the cookout and all this. Okay. Now, it, it, because, you know, we throw this about, we throw this out up there about everybody else. And we, you know, we we made sure that we've cut off our support of certain, you know, del- uh, certain nominees because of their, their stances on this issue here. So I figured I'd share some information because remember we had to cut Kamala Harris off because she locked up all the black men back when she was a DA. So she couldn't be, she couldn't represent us. So, so Joe Biden, Mr. Joe Biden, isn't that much different. You know, the three strikes law, he helped pushed it. He helped, uh, he helped solidify that into law. Okay. Now, again, you could take that with that, how you feel, because my, 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 my belief is, uh, again, you know, we like to we especially with the three strikes and the, the Clinton crime bills. We say, oh man, they you know the Democrats don't really like us either. They'll lock you up too. Well, you know, but imagine. I mean, because let's look at this. Let's look at the stats. And again, and I want and this is why I want to talk about this because there's there's a lot of different there's there's stats. Okay, there's numbers. Numbers do not lie. Uh, people's perspectives on these guys and they change over time. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, for you wokey wokes, he was pushing the three strikes. Quite honestly, I'm going to tell you something that you might not want to hear. I see uh, what I see is, you know, they had no choice but to make those bills. If we look at the stats and then all that, and then, you know, all the, you know, let's get to the numbers first and I'll get into all the sentiment people's have, people have about these things and all the feelings. Let's go back. Uh, let's look at the, the crime rates between the eighties and the nineties. Okay. Let's, let's talk about why these, these bills even came, you know, to be. And, uh, well, the crime rate in 1991, the year that I was born was seven has 758.2 out of 100,000 people. It's drastically gone down uh, two years ago. It is now 368.9. Okay. So we had a large violent, we had a very, you know, significant crime rate in the 90s. Going back all the way to the 80s. So there was shit going down. Now we can sit there and say what we want. Oh, it was wrong. A lot of people love it was wrong to do this, but let's let's talk a little bit more about you know how these numbers break down. There were twenty four thousand seven hundred and sixty three homicides, all in one year in nineteen ninety one. Again, these rates would drop. There would be only about 15, over fifteen thousand in nineteen ninety nine, and they would significantly kind of go down from there. There'd be you know times they would go up a little bit down, but they haven't gone nowhere near over twenty thousand since nineteen ninety one. And this is all coming from the U.S. Department of Justice, so I don't want to hear this, that, and other. Okay? And we can sit there and say what we want, 
But 52.5 of these violent crime offenders were black. 45.3% of the victims were black. Okay. Now, with that being said, there was also a 50.3% of these victims were white. And these crimes were intraracial. 93% of blacks committed crimes against whites. uh, Sorry, committed crimes against blacks. 84% of whites committed crimes against whites. So it was an issue with violent crime throughout the entire country that actually permeated through every neighborhood. It wasn't just a problem in the black community. But when they heard, when people heard comments like super predator and predator and whatever that these, 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 uh, you know, Hillary Clinton said and Biden said in his little speech, they'll take it as, oh, they were talking strictly about us. Not necessarily. No, they weren't talking. Actually, the crime, the crime, the violent crime was everywhere in all communities. The problem of the matter, the, the situation with black people, though, for, it's a twofold situation for us. For one, we were only 12% of the population. We're still probably only 12% of the population right now. And if you're 50%, if you're 45.3% of the victims, that gives you a crime rate. That gives you an overall rate of what, 62.6? Oh, I'm sorry, 27. I'm sorry, for blacks, it was 27.8. From 1980 to 1991. Uh, the violent crime rate for blacks was 27.8. Now, I don't know now, 62.65.6% of drug-related violence was committed, guess what, by blacks. 47% of the murder victims were, guess what, black. Now, mind you, if we flip it, you ain't got no senators, you ain't got no judges, you ain't got no, 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 uh, no congressmen. You can't you can't do anything when they decide, well, these communities are crazy. These communities need some help. And Joe Biden said it himself. I don't care why these people are doing what they're doing. They need to be locked. He said it himself pretty much in those words. But what happens is when you don't have because this is a representational government where you don't have a where you don't have 10 or 15 black or 10. I would say actually 15 or 20 congressmen to form up a voting block. You don't have eight to 10 senators to form a black voting block. Or come up with their own legislation to counter what they're doing. That's how you get the 1993 crime bill. We were shooting. We were killing each other. And we had those solutions of our own. And again, 93% of blacks committed crimes against other blacks. So all that black on black homicide, it was real. 51% of the black of black victims were gun were from gun homicide. So what, what, would, what, what do you do? What do you do? That's what I ask the black population. Now, because you'll have, because you'll have a bunch of wokey woke people saying, "Oh, well, Joe Biden ain't shit because he stood for that crime bill." There you go, and see, that's where we have so many confusions and so many issues. You know, with just what we want to, you know, just for voting. You know, we have to be more proactive in this situation. Because you'll have you again, you'll have a whole bunch of people trying to bring this situation out, bring this situation to light and say, why Joe Biden ain't shit either. Believe me, I know it. That's how they do. 
So then all that says is we we don't black people really don't have nobody we can trust. If we're gonna do uh, then it's up it's on it's on you. Either we're gonna have to find somebody from our within our community that's gonna do that. Maybe we can look outside for that help. I don't have a problem with that. But first and foremost, we have to be willing to help ourselves. And these stats here that led to that 93 crime bill, you cannot dispute it. That's what happens. And again, it was a significant issue with us because, hey, we're only 12.6% of the population. So the rates were going to be higher because the population was small. But again, if we look at the sheer number, there was significant crime in the white neighborhoods as well. That's what they were saying. Y'all took the common super predators and put it on yourself and labeled yourself as that. You took it and, and it took it to heart and said Joe Biden was specifically talking about you. Hillary was talking specifically about you. The facts the facts uh, show me that violent crime uh, was on the rise uh, all throughout since the 80s. And it was a very it was a very high peak. Uh, well, it was a it was a trend upwards throughout the 80s. And it was a, a, a pattern that not just existed in the black community with violent crime, but there was violent crime uh, in in the white community. Too. I believe it was about 40 percent. It's according to the U.S. Department of Justice, 40 percent of uh white uh victims uh were victims of gang violence so there was gang stuff going on in their communities as well this was a issue that was facing everyone so again now what happens is maybe the local and maybe the state laws and the, you know how people you know when people go to state jail for whatever their crimes are and those judges on those local levels might be a little bit different they might give you out stuff stiffer sentences but again these are representational governments we we didn't participate. We were not the judges. We weren't the judges at the time. We weren't, you know, part of those, 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 uh, we weren't the DA. We weren't state attorneys. This was, this, this is our responsibility as well. We have to oversee these things. We cannot, we cannot constantly vote for Bidens and vote for Sanders. It's not to get me wrong. This is not a race thing or anything like that. But as black people, because, you know, we have no problem with trying to say, well, you know, two days from now, we'll, we'll, we'll be cool with Joe Biden. We voted for him all in the South. We have no problem with, you know, two days late, two, you know, about a week from now, you know, having a whole coalition of other black folk, a whole other side of us, you know, posting this whole crime bill shit, saying that he's not for us. He's not for us. So who is for us? The question, the answer to that is going to be, we need to be for us. Not necessarily Biden, not necessarily Sanders, not maybe not necessarily Warren. Maybe, you know, somebody's going to have to be for us. Maybe it's going to be, but it's definitely going to have to be from our community. And it has to be more of a community effort to make sure we get the right candidate out candidate out there. That's that's where I'm at. Um, I personally, I was with Bernie in 2016. I think I ride, I'm riding with him now. The whole the whole communist jargon that people want to, conservatives want to put on him is BS. Because if it's, if it's, if it's communist, if it's socialism to provide welfare for the single mother who's raising children or to provide unemployment for the out of work man a single man or whatever you have you black or white whatever then it's welfare and it's socialism when you bail out corporations uh that fail uh to meet expectations business wise government with government bailouts uh that's that's socialism so i think all that needs to be eradicated and if we don't want to do that then i i, I don't believe in the concept of of giving us free health care and socialism and giving us free education is some example of of of, of us being uh, taking a step back i don't believe in that and all that oh well the communists they you know everything you make is for the state everything you know they have asked well that's what your money is your money that's why they that, that's what taxes are 
they take your money. They don't. They might not take your whatever. You know, they might not take your intellectual property all the time. The corporation you work for might though, and they got laws that protect that. Hmm. Did you ever think about that? Nah, people don't. So I think people need to really understand when they start saying this is communist. Oh, he's a, he's a, he's a socialist. I think you need to really understand what socialism is first. I think you really understand. You need to understand what capitalism is. Because everything sounds good on paper. Yeah, everybody every day says, oh, yes, America and everything is great and it's dandy. I'd rather be here than it's I. Yeah, OK, sure. I would want to be here in about 90 percent of the place. But to say this place is perfect. No. This place is not an educational beacon. This place is not a manufacturing beacon that provides adequate jobs for its people. Our government is corrupt just like anybody else's. So I think we need to really define what is what now. And again, uh, be a little bit more accountable of our own selves and our own actions and our own communities. Because again, I'm telling you, we're ish, uh, with our community, we're going to have so many issues with Biden. I'm telling you, we're going to be iffy about him. We're going to be iffy about every. We're iffy. And this is the funny thing, you know. But for what is worse, Sanders, he actually was a part of some of the 60s civil rights movement. He actually was showing up. He actually, if I'm not mistaken, got arrested for something like that, for, for showing up and being all a part of that. That just goes to show you just how, I guess, great you want to say grateful we are to something like that. We want to vote for, for Biden, the one that's in the middle of probably about all that racial stuff. You know, hey, hey, I don't you know. That's me. Move on. Moving on, I got one more tidbit to talk about. I wanted to get into the aftermath of this whole heavyweight championship fight. Uh, there's a lot that's been said. Tyson Fury, of course, uh, knocking out uh, Deontay Wilder. A lot of excuses uh, coming from more, it really is the, uh, the Wilder fans. Um, more so, well, one, one of the excuses that came from uh, Wilder was the suit, 40-pound suit. I don't buy that. And if I'm being honest with you, I don't see how that, that suit signified a, a Black History Month. It was just all black. Okay, outside the color, I don't see where it actually represented black people. I just thought that was him being in his ego, trying to show off again. Uh, it might have made him tired. That was his fault. Um, if you're, if you know, if you are known for elaborate entrances or you know wearing elaborate, elaborate costumes to your entrances and all that as part of your gimmick, uh, you should make sure you're uh, what's the word um, rehearsing those things. You doing a walkthrough. You put the suit on maybe a day before, a few hours before the fight, something like that. However you want to do it, and you do it like that. I mean, it's it's a way to do that. You you should have known that that suit was a little bit too heavy for you. So I don't buy that excuse either. I think that excuse is bullshit. Um, again, I think this is a fight where again this guy and we, you know, fans, especially the black fans, his fans, his fan base, has elevated him. Um, again, we're we you're kind of exposing yourself as a casual fan because. Anybody who's anybody who understands the game knows, knows that there's flaws in this in his, in his game. And this guy, and I've talked to, you know, engaged fans 30, 40 years, you know, that's been watching the sport. They've been to the fights 40 plus years. You've heard this from, you know, the real, uh, you've heard this from other boxers, Andre Ward, Floyd Mayweather. You've heard this from other, you know, top notch trainers. Uh, that means Floyd Mayweather Sr. Uh, you also heard this from Teddy Atlas. The man has issues in his game. And those are the main those are the main trainers I can think of. There's more. There's more. Uh, but again, 
there's flaws in his game. Uh, there's hangups in his game. And I think Tyson Fury exposed that in both fights. Um, again, the only thing that they could, the only thing that could derail Tyson right now and maybe put a sour in is if this blood test supposed to be, you know, comes out negative. Maybe I don't think it does. We'll see uh, about the padding and the gloves. That's that. Don't don't buy that. I, I don't don't play yourself like that. And the reason why I'm going to tell you like this is because uh, there's been many. There's been a two times, and, and there's probably more. But the two times that I that I know from history that I could pull out upon uh, my memory banks, either I saw it uh, with my own eyes, you know, kind of when it first happened, or in the case of uh, Meldrick Taylor versus uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, I saw the fight later via you know highlights and HBO, of course, whatever. Um, the other, the first instance in which I'll talk about because it happened a little bit more recently was Antonio Margarito and Miguel Cotto. Uh, and that was a situation in which we knew the gloves was, of course, we ended up finding out the gloves were tampered on Margarito's end. Margarito ended up putting a substance called Plaster of Paris into his gloves in order to make his, his punches hit. You can tell the reason why, you, and you knew this because, you know, in the beginning of the fight, Miguel Cotto was pretty much outboxing him, giving him, you know, a boxing lesson, if you, if you will. Uh, moving around, hitting him pretty significantly hard, uh, but around the middle, maybe even the, the yeah, about the middle of the fight, things start to slow down. Things start to go really bad for Cotto. He's over. He's out of nowhere. Like he's out of juice. He's getting busted up wide open. He has multiple cuts. His face is gushing, gushing with blood. Of course, you know he's getting getting knocked out. Long story short, uh, the you know the commission from Nevada, I believe it was in Nevada. The fight was in Las Vegas, so the Nevada commission finds out uh, that he, you know, of course used used the substance. He was banned for a while in boxing. Of course, he gets the rematch with Cotto and gets knocked out. The other situation in which gloves were tampered with, you know, there was a substance added to the gloves, um, was with Meldrick Taylor taking on Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. The beginning of the fight, Meldrick Taylor is boxing circles around this guy, beating, you know, not necessarily beating him down, you know, beating, beating up Chavez. I think, you know, Chavez does cut easily, so he might have been cut early. Uh, that was his kind of gimmick. But again, you know, for Meldrick Taylor, he was having a good, easy kind of fight for himself and winning. Uh, but around round nine, uh, you start to see a change happen. Now, out of nowhere, you know, the same punches that, you know, Chavez will be throwing pretty much throughout the fight. Or suddenly, you know, landing with more impact, leaving, you know, big, huge gases all over his face, so on and so forth. Long story short, now when we get to round 12, uh, Taylor still had a, a significant enough lead on points, but he could not make it because he was just taking so much damage from Chavez's punches. He uh, gets, the fight gets called a TKO. You find out later, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez did indeed have plaster repairs. So again, when the gloves are tampered with, when anything is, is taken advantage of, there's an immediate impact and there's immediate evidence because that opponent is immediately suffering in some way. What the pe what people are trying to convince you of in this situation is Tyson Fury somehow uh, was fighting open palm style, which again would give him some type of um, some type of edge and power. Again. If you have the edge and power for an entire 12 rounds, you would have won by a knockout. He would have beaten uh, Wilder way before the 12th round. Way before the 12th round. 
it wouldn't have ended in a draw and he for sure is for sure as hell wouldn't have gotten knocked down twice because a person that's getting beat down by a person with some type of advantage is not coming back to knock him down twice that's not how that works if he's really hitting him open palm uh he would have been busted up he would have been bloody bruisey he suffered more damage in the second fight without any tampering to the gloves than he did in that first fight and that being uh Wilder because believe it or not I thought that uh, Tyson did outbox him but I don't think he did enough to really hurt him too much he might have had some stinging punches but I don't think he you know beat him up so they could make their whole cases again that amount of power will bust him open we're already talking about two heavyweight fighters that amount of power coming from Tyson Fury open ham or whatever whatever advantage he was supposed to get would have busted that dude up he would have had some some real damage going into the next fight he would have had to go really go to a doctor afterwards and none of that shit happened. None of that shit. He checked out clear. He was fine. No concussions. No nothing. No busted up jaw. No broken jaw. No fractured. Nothing. 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 Wilder got his ass whooped. As far as I know, there will be a rematch. There will be a third fight. So if he wants his revenge, he has it come to summertime. But he needs to take that L. And he needs to take that and uh, take that with some humility and with some responsibility. And, uh, and you know, do some training. Actually get something going more than the right hand. Because you're going to need more than power to become a great dominant champion. That's what the average fan doesn't want to say. That's what the average Wilder fan don't want to say. The minute he started saying black power, oh, it was it for these people. The minute he said this, till this day, they do this, that, and the other. That was all that these black people needed. To ride with him. No, I need more than that. I need some skills. I need some. I need more than a right hand. And we know he's been fighting bums because they put him up in there with another champion who also has had had belts, who was a lineal heavyweight champion coming into the fight. He knocked. He beat. He first of all, the first fight they go to, they go to distance and they draw. So again, the power don't show up then. And in the second fight, he gets knocked out. So again, he was fighting bums. He wasn't fighting nobody of consequence. So let's let that go. Hopefully, he he learns something between fights, and maybe he might knock him out and get his career back on track. I think he needs to fight a tune-up fight first. I think he should fight uh, another one of them bums he's been fighting, or maybe even Ruiz if he thinks he you know can step up to the plate. I don't think he's ready for Joshua or Fury. I don't think he's on their level. I said that I said this years ago. Um, I think Fury is probably the best of the best right now, but I personally prefer AJ. I've said that a couple times. And don't and don't hit me up with that, you know, you don't support the black this and the black AJ's black. And don't give me that he's from Britain and all. I don't buy that shit either. Stop it. We got too many head trips. Shit, he's a good boxer. I ride with him. Shit, the fuck that got to do with him? He black or he from America. I ain't got shit to do with me. Y'all let them head trips go. That's why y'all all stressed out and trying to come up with these excuses because your man lost. You can't just say, oh, he lost. I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. Them white boys, they rooted for Fury. Doesn't matter if they was from America, Ireland, England, they root for him. We don't only want to talk about, well, AJ from Britain. So, hey, well, you know, he ain't really black. That, that's that's dumb. That's that's dumb. We could argue about that all day. And that's, and that's another problem within our own community. We can have a discussion about that all day. We can argue about that, too. Or one of y'all wokey woke black folk that want to ride with him just because he said some shit. Come on, I don't, uh, 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 I don't, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Put your, put your, no, I'm not gonna go there. He ain't, 
tired of y'all liberals. I'm not going to say that no more. I'm not going to say that. Y'all, I don't even know if y'all know what liberalism is. <laughs> Where I can keep labeling y'all that. I don't even know if y'all really know what it is. But anyways, let me stop. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. While Wilder got his ass whooped, he got exposed in some different ways. And I think he's going to be more to the table than a strong right hand to be a real dominant heavyweight champion. Point blank, period. We can argue about that as well. Uh, but that's where I stand. All right, y'all. I'm going to call it a wrap for today. The plan, like I said before, is to be back later on tonight uh, to go over some college basketball, maybe some NBA action. Um... I want to go over some NFL free agency too. Uh, I have a top 10 list that I'm still working on for my part two uh, top 10 video game soundtracks. So look out for that uh, probably near the start of the week. Um, so I've been busy. I'm busy just getting back on track since I was sick uh, a week ago. So it took me it took a while to get back. Now I'm getting back notes. You know, getting uh, getting notes down, researching, getting time out to research. So again, it's it's a uh, it's not since it hasn't been a long road, but it's it's been a road. So I'm working on it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I finally got the uh, laptop uh, today. So at some point, uh, I'm just going to have to go down to pick it up. But at some point within the next week or so, you will see a visual component. Uh, you know, look out for that. Thank you for the extra support. Uh, if you are looking to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on my email at ljbutler75 at gmail.com. That is E-L-J-B-U-T-L-E-R 75 at gmail.com. Also on Facebook and on Instagram at ljbutler Jamal Ajani. Uh, that is E L J A M A H A D J A N I. I also have a Facebook page for the show as well at Never Out of Bounds. All right, y'all. This is your man L Jamal signing out for today. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. And I will holler at all y'all later.